Hello and welcome to episode 169 of TLDR Podcast. Um, it's a pretty eventful episode full of information and stuff, but none fantasy-wise because I'm hosting and my name is James and I'm the football guy. So we're not doing that today. Uh, but Tyler, baseball guy Tyler is going to go last because who knows, by the end of this episode, a series might be over. How do you feel about that, Tyler? Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's it's October baseball, man. It, it's unpredictable. It's wild. Um, it's everything we love and hate about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, Texas is about to take this series. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But shit's going crazy, man. It's October. You just got to love it. Is it really crazy if they don't go the distance, though? Because, I mean, everything's been really short so far. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's just, it's, it's unpredictable. Uh, that's really the end of the day. Like, I mean, obviously the team with the best record in the American League gets swept in the first round. You know, I mean, it it's just crazy. You know, it's not, I don't think anyone really expected that. So, oh, okay. Good, crazy. Stuff. Good stuff. It's crazy. That's pretty much all I got yeah. from that entire It's crazy. Thing. It's crazy it's and crazy. unpredictable. Baseball is life. Alex went to the dentist today and is best friends with his dentist. Why? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not best friends with my dentist, but I've I think been, he's team dentist now. Just so you know, I have I've had one dentist my entire life. I'm old. We're we're homies. That's that's the end of it. Uh, James, you will be proud of me for two reasons. One, I played golf this weekend. Did it Absolutely. go well? Absolutely not. No. Uh, technically, sort of. I went <laughs> to uh, fake Top Golf, and they have like the simulator thing. So in my mind, I played real golf. And I wore your shirt. So our golf shirts that we all have matching. So Beautiful. you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, you're such a cutie. Thank you for that. Thanks. I think you might be yeah. team games again. Um, who knows? <laughs> team dentist, team Tyler, team Traden. Who yeah. knows? It is what it is. Alex is having a good time. He's having a good day. Last but not least, we have Traden, hockey guy. He is looking disheveled. Why? <laughs> uh, I'm looking what? Sorry? Disheveled. <laughs> um, I don't... Actually, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what that what that means. You look gross, man. Well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Just kidding. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but I'm good. Uh, hockey started today. And uh, so I've been watching that and the baseball uh, series. Um, crazy, crazy stat. Um, Alex, remind us of when your, uh, when your anniversary is. Uh, May 14th. May 14th. So the Baltimore Orioles, the last time that they were swept was the weekend of your wedding, Alex. And they of just 2022 of 2020 of like, your wedding, not your anniversary, your fucking wedding yeah, long ass time ago. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that stat is just, it just blows my mind. That is pretty impressive. Ron. Find that stat, <laughs> like, that is <laughs> man, just the things that go on in Trade's mind. Trade just whipping out a, a, a baseball fact. Well, I saw not I even saw in, that, in the intro. I read somewhere that they hadn't been swept since May 2022. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. And I look back and it was against the Detroit Tigers the same fucking weekend as Alex's wedding. And I'm, I was going to either, it was either my wedding or his wedding or the yeah, between. So, you know, their, so, their run is over now. <laughs> so is Alex like getting married again? Is that why they're getting swept? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I did yeah. this weekend. Alex is wedding is this weekend. <laughs> yeah, ended the streak. Ended the streak. Okay, cool. Good intro, guys. We learned some stuff. Alex has a best friend who's a dentist. Tyler thinks things are unpredictable. And Traden is having fun watching hockey and baseball. Going into the episode, Traden's going to start. He's going to finish his preview, even though the season starts today. And you'll probably hear this on Thursday. We're going to do a preview anyway. Traden, last but not least, Central Division. All you. 
I kind of feel bad because uh, two of the six teams playing today are the are part of the division that we're going to talk about. So sorry, we're sorry we're late um, for you, uh, Chicago and uh, Nashville fans. Probably not making the playoffs either, anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, no offense. Um, yes, I went there. I went there. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into the last divisional preview. Um, just like normal, we're going to be going through the central. We're going to start from the bottom. Um, and, and we're going to start with the most interesting team probably this season. And that would be the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks finished 26, 49 and seven for 59 points. Um, well, we know who they got and what and uh, James's team did not get. And that would be Connor McDavid, uh, Connor McDavid, Jesus <laughs> Connor Bedard. Um, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the draft. Um, so they add Connor Bedard, they add Tyler Hall or Taylor Hall, uh, Nick Felino, Corey Perry, who, uh, some of us know very, very well, good or bad. Um, and Ryan Donato out is Jonathan Taze, Anders Bjork, Caleb Jones, Jujar Kara, Ian Mitchell, and Alex Stalock. Al, uh, James, you wanted to talk about Chicago. Um, I, you know, it, it, it makes sense why, um, Connor Bedard, you know, I've been watching this game for the past, what, uh, 40 almost 55 minutes and he's looked pretty solid um he's definitely gonna you know step in and, and make a difference but my question is um what are your expectations for the for the blackhawks and do you think that they're still in a slow you know methodical rebuild here i, I think they really are still part of that slow methodical rebuild because you can't in hockey right you can't have that one rebuild or that one draft and all of a sudden have this great scene like, look at the Oilers, for example. Like, they drafted the best player in Connor McDavid, who has been fantastic since the, get, the beginning. But they, they didn't make the playoffs that first year or that second year or that third year, right? Maybe they did the third year. But uh, it, it, it takes some time, and that's what's going to happen. Like, hockey is a very complex game where you have three different phases, and one guy can't fix it all. Needless to say, like, they're bringing in people who will help that cause. Like, as much as you guys hate Corey Perry, he's a good leader. Like he knows how to win. He's been there, done that, and he is old. <laughs> so what do you get with an old person who wins? You get leadership. He's not here to perform and score 30 goals. He's here to just be a mentor to everybody. Same thing with Felino. Like same thing with Tyler Hall. Like they're they're kind of there to help this young core develop into something greater later on. My expectations for them are to be like another lottery team. Like they're they're not gonna be good. They're gonna be bottom. They, they're gonna be terrible. They were last in scoring last year, and they're probably going to be last in scoring again, even though they just scored the third goal. But they're still probably going to be last in scoring this year. So that, that's my expectation. As far as Bedard, I I think he's going to have a solid year, man. I think he's, for a rookie, he's going to be great. I think he's going to put up 80 points. He's going to have 32 to 35 goals. Like, that's what I'm seeing out of this kid. Wow, that that's almost, uh, that, that's, that's almost handing him the, the Calder Trophy now, which I think is a pretty safe bet, but um, you know, that, that's some, that's some, you know, high, high praise for, for Connor Bedard after what he, you know, what he's shown us so far, um, for the, for the Blackhawks, I think they're going to just be a, a, a team that's going to be, you know, pushing in the right direction. I think they've, 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 um, you know, they're, they're going to be building around Connor Bedard here, um, bringing in guys that are going to support him and, um, yeah. It's not going to be pretty, but I think it's going to be at least. I think there's going to be a step in the right direction. We're gonna we're gonna get over the fact that they're going to be um, tanking because there's no one really to tank for now. Uh, I think that the draft class is not quite the same, so they're going to be you know looking to to improve. Um, we saw what happened 
um, you know, they, they, they're the ones that ended the Pittsburgh Penguins season last year. Um, and they're opening up, a, opening up the season with them now and they just took the lead. So it'll be a wonder to see how they do, but, uh, we wish them and the, and Connor Bedard the best of luck. Hopefully your rocky season does not end up like Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid's did. Um, God forbid, uh, Chicago Blackhawks over under, uh, Vegas, uh, points. They have them at 71 and a half. They opened at 67 and a half James last season and they only finished with 59, um, 67 and a half. I think was like crazy high. <laughs> there we are. So they think that they're going to even make a step in the right direction from their predictions last year. And this is a big, this is a big difference. This is a six, seven game difference. Uh, what do you think of 71 and a half? I think under, they are not going to be that much better with the additions of all those old guys in the dark. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tyler, what do you, what do you think about 71 and a half for the Chicago Blackhawks? Yeah, I agree with James. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, but what Bedard can do, but I don't think he's going to make them that much better. Uh, Alex, I, do you agree with the boys here? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the under. And if you want your kid to be good at hockey, name him Connor. <laughs> That's a pretty safe bet. Um, and I'll take the under two, uh, 71 and a half just seems a little high, but you know, that they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be you know, pushing for, um, you know, for pushing for a spot. So it'll be a wonder to see where they end up. Uh, moving on to the Arizona Coyotes. No one wanted to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. It's a wonder why. Uh, 28, 40, and 14 last year for 70 points. So quite a margin between them and uh, their their uh, Chicago Blackhawk rivals down there. Uh, for the Arizona Coyotes, in comes Logan Cooley, Jason Zucker, Alex Kerfoot, Nick Bukestad for, former Euler, Matt Dumba, Sean Dersey, former LA King, Troy Stetcher, and Travis Dermott. Out is Christian Fisher, Brett Ritchie, uh, Lauren, Laurent Dauphine, Patrick Nemeth, Connor Mackey, and Zach Cassian, because he is now, I don't know if the Ducks actually ended up signing him, but he was with the Ducks during preseason. Uh, <laughs> we got to find out if he, uh, if he signed there. Um, so... <sighs> I, I was tasked. No one wants to talk about him, so I got. I'm tasked to talking about him. Um, Arizona Coyotes are an interesting team. Um, I, I I don't know how much I can disclose, but I, I know that there's been some inner workings. Um, for the owner trying to establish his final footprint in Arizona. Um, the reason I know anything is because uh, my bank works with a relationship that he's trying. There's it's, there's clearly some there there that he's trying to to shore up some some cash to to get the, to get the, um, uh, stadium built or the built. Um, so, and it's, and it's a wonder, um, you know, where, where, the, if it's going to end up, but at the end of the day, I think that, I think that the Arizona Coyotes are, I don't, I think no one's going to give a shit about them um, playing at ASU anymore. I think we're kind of over that, you know, discussion. We're moving on. Uh, Bill Armstrong has, you know, the, the 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 GM Bill Armstrong has amassed a lot of draft picks and prospects. Um, you know, th this is not a playoff team, but I think this is a, this is a team where the actual positivity is going to come. Now they're going to be stepping in the right direction. Uh, I like the additions of Dumba and Jersey um, on the back end. Uh, they're not superstars, but I think that they are going to be. You know, they're going to push this team forward. I don't think they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot, but I I think that if if they're kept out of the limelight. I think that's a win because I'm kind of sick of talking about how shitty the Arizona Coyotes are in the situation. I know, I believe that Arizona can, can feel the hockey team and it, and it matters there and it means something there. Uh, and I think it's going to, I think it's going to end up, they're going to end up staying there at the end of the day. Um, but I could be totally wrong. 
Let's see where Vegas sets them. Vegas sets them at 73 and a half. So a little bit ahead of the, uh, a, a little bit ahead of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. They opened at 67 and a half and they overachieved get, uh, earning 70 points. So they, so they overachieved um, Alex, I'm gonna start with you. What do you think of uh 73 and a half for the, uh, for the Arizona Coyotes? That feels like a really good line. Like it is nice. It could be 73. I'm going to go over. Let's take, let's have some positivity. This feels like a positive Tuesday. Yeah. I, you know, what? I'm going to take the over too. I, I think that Arizona is going to just settle down and, you know, move forward and fuck the haters. Like that's, that's what I think that's this season's about. <laughs> Tyler, what about you? Are you, are you a hater or are you with us? No, I'm a hater under <laughs> <laughs> James hater or lover. <laughs> I'm team. I'm team Tyler on this one. Let's go under Tyler. All right, you're you're under. Um, no, I I I you know I get it. It's it's Arizona. I I think that if the less we talk about them, the better it is for them. At the end of the day. All right, now we're moving into the the middling teams, as I call them in the in this division. Um, that that could have breakout seasons, but probably won't. Um, <laughs> and and we're gonna start with the St. Louis Blues. I I was tasked to talk about them. 37, 38, and seven for 81 points. Um, so just under that 500, um, you know, point, uh, point marker uh, for the St. Louis Blues. Give me a second. I'm sorry. In comes Kevin Hayes and Oscar Sundquist. Out is Tyler Pillick, Josh Levo, Logan Brown, and Thomas Grice. The Blues are an interesting team, you know, because, you know, they ship out Vladimir Tarasenko, um, they ship out Ryan O'Reilly, and I, I just don't know where Doug Armstrong is going to go with with this team. It seems like they they they're, they didn't do much in the offseason, um, and it, it, I, I don't think they've added anybody that, I don't think Kevin Hayes is going to come and save the day. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think they have a solid enough team where they're going to compete for a spot, um, but... I, I think this is a season where they really need to step back and figure out what the direction of the St. Louis blues are going is going to be for the next, you know, five years, because you could have another, a situation like Minnesota where, yeah, you're making the playoffs, but what are you doing with it? You could be Vancouver where you're like a point or two out. What are you doing with that? You have to make a choice, right? Alex and, and Tyler and James, you have to make a choice. And it's, it's about that time where, you know, the, the, the Stanley cups behind them and they need to make the choice of what they're going to do. Um, and that's where I think about the St. Louis blues. Um, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope they succeed, but I, I just, I just don't know what to expect. And I think Vegas agrees here. So, so they, they have in the over under at 85 and a half, which is outside the playoffs It's 10 points out. That's kind of that middling ground. They opened last year at 95 and a half line and they finished with 81. So massive, massive underachievement. Uh, James, let's start with you. What do you think of 85 and a half of the St. Louis blues? Also under under. Wow. You, so you really, you're going to really fade them. I, you know, I, I don't know what to think about them. I don't know what to think about them. Uh, Tyler, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Just under, I feel like they didn't really improve a whole lot. And, you know, I think that they're under already what they did last year. I don't see how they can be over. Alex, are you going to have the ray of sunshine for the St. Louis blues? No, it's pouring rain in St. Louis, uh, and the the rains are in the shape of L's. Uh, that's a that's a under. You know, I'll I'll give them I'll give them eighty six. Um, so I'll, I'll take the over. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna hit that line. Uh, I like the line. It's not horrible. I don't think they're gonna be a massive disappointment, but I just don't think that they're gonna be you know world beaters either. 
um, which which is actually a step forward than last year. I think that they massively underachieved with some with some some issues, and I think that they'll kind of round some of that out. Uh, moving on to the Nashville Predators. This is for you, Ty. Ty. Nashville Predators finished 42-32-8. and eight, it, Strongly in uh, in 500 territory, but missed the playoffs by three points. Um, they, they, down the stretch, had had us thinking, wow, could they do this again? Like where they snuck in just like the year before. Uh, but turns out uh, Winnipeg kind of solidified themselves. A couple others in the, in the Pacific um, did as well. And, and they're on the outside looking in. Um, and in, in doing so before that, Tyler, they, they shipped some guys out at the deadline, um, and, and they still put it, made a push. Um, but in the off season in comes Ryan O'Reilly from, <laughs> from the aforementioned St. Louis blues, uh, Gustav Nyquist, Dennis Gurianov, Luke Shen, uh, Barry, uh, coach, uh, Barry, uh, I'm sorry, GM Barry Trotz and coach Andrew Burnett out is Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Cal foot, uh, David, uh, GM, David Poyle and coach John Hines. So this is the first season as in the Barry Trotz era. You know, he's been, he's, we was coached for with Washington forever. He's now the, he's now the GM. Uh, they bought out Matt Duchesne um, and now, and they no longer have Ryan Johansson, um, you know, contract on their, under their belts. It seems like they have figured out the contract issues and they're going to be moving forward. Where do you think the Predators go from here? I mean, do you think that they are a team that is in that mushy middle, or do you think that there's something? Do you think there's some leeway or or some some hope for a team that can actually make the push for the playoffs? I think there's a little bit of hope here for Nashville. They're kind of an interesting team. I still think that they have some good pieces there in play, and then obviously with a new coach and a new GM, I think the philosophy is going to change in terms of the roster that they're trying to build. So. I've, I've, I've heard this phrase before where it's not, it's not a rebuild, it's like a retooling. So it's not like a full, they're going to strip everything down because I think you know they have a lot of good pieces there and pieces that they can build around to make this a fairly quick retooling where they're not going to be great for a few years, but I think that they can you know get back to contention fairly quickly. Um, that's where it kind of seems, as at least of today going into this season, that's kind of what they're trying to do. Um, obviously, kind of how they how they play this season is going to tell a lot. How they handle the trade deadline is going to, is going to tell a lot. And how they finish, you know, and then, you know, whether they decide if that, okay, we tried it for a season. Uh, we, we kind of learned a lot of, you know, with, with a new GM, new head coach, kind of what we, what we really want that might change, um, when the season's over. But I do think there is a small window that Nashville could possibly make a move and make a run. I don't think they're, that they're Stanley cup contenders, but I think that there's a slight chance that they might be able to squeak into a wildcard position. They're going to have a lot of things go their way. I think having, uh, UC Saros is is huge. I think he's going to carry that team. There's a huge lack of offense. I think for me, that's their big, that, that's their biggest um, concern. But I do think there's a glimmer of hope for Nashville to be competitive this season. Yeah. Um, whenever you have UC Saros, I think that you're 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 in for a at least a decent enough season. And Alex, I think you were the one who drafted UC Saros last night, just before I did. So fuck you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I was just there. He was on my, he was on my cue there. Um, but Tyler, you know, I, you know, the more I think about this team, the more, you know, the more I tend to agree that this team has, has an, uh, an opportunity to make a push. Um, they have UC Saros, who's going to keep you in games today. They, they played the Tampa Bay lightning first game of the season. Their first period was atrocious. And then they really made it interesting against the Tampa Bay lightning. Um, you see, uh, and whenever you have UC Saros in net, 
it, it just, it, there's something there that just gives you some comfort. He plays a lot of games. Um, and, and he, he's a great net minder. He, he stops a lot. You just need to find some scoring. And I think that you're going to be a team that is going to be solid enough. Nashville, um, you know, I, Vegas is kind of in that same boat as, uh, as they are with, uh, St. Louis here. They actually have them finished 86 and a half points. Uh, that's the, where the over under set last year, they had, they opened at 97 and a half and they finished with 92. So Tyler, you had some good things to say about Nashville. Are, are you taking the over at night at 86 and a half? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take over with, with, with that line. I, I think they'll, they'll be just over it, but, um, I think there'll be some positive moments in Nashville this year. Positive moments. So that will be outside the playoffs, but you know, at 87 and a half, I mean, it's, it's, it's in that range where if you, if you're hot for a week or two, you're in Alex, um, where are you sitting with the uh, national predators? I'm also going to take the over. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're, I don't think they got any worse. I don't think they got any better. Kind of that like 90 point mark seems pretty Nashville-y. James, where are you sitting with the uh, Preds? My first over of the day on this one. I'm picking the over. I like Tyler's words. They were good words, good things. Um, and what Alex said too, like they, they're kind of just there. <laughs> they're kind of just there. Yeah. Um, and but they're but they're always there and they're always a team that for some reason likes to make a sprint at the end because they fucked up in the beginning um and it just didn't work out for me <laughs> but uh let's move on to the to the first playoff team from last season that winnipeg jets who finished 46 33 and 3 with 95 points they got their asses handed to them in the first round of the playoffs to the eventual stanley cup champions um and alex you wanted to talk about them but first in comes EXL, I, I, excuse me, Alex Iafalo, guy you guys know very well, Gabe Velarde, a guy you guys know very well, um, Rasmus Kupari and Laurent Boissant. Out is Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler, Sam Gagne, Kevin Stunland, Carson Kuhlman, and David Riddick. The Jets are kind of, I know they're better than Vancouver, but they're still that kind of mushy middle team. Like they're, they're, they haven't really made strides, but they haven't really, um, you know, uh, you know, been a, a doldrum team either. They've just had issues since Dave, uh, since uh, Bufflin left many, many years ago. Now they just haven't figured out their defense, but Alex, something happened in the last couple of days. Um, Connor Hellebuck and, uh, and uh, Mark Shifley are not going anywhere. They are staying with Winnipeg for a long time. How does that play into the Winnipeg Jets season with knowing that you're going to have these guys for a long time? You already had them this year for sure, but does that change some things? I think it does. I mean, I think it shows that the Winnipeg front office and ownership is is saying, yes, I think they're in a very, like, it's very similar to the Predators where it's not a rebuild, it's a retool. Um, you know, if, and they're not doing the Vancouver Canucks where they're just sort of somewhere, like, they're showing the direction they're going, they're giving their top guys the money, and then, you know, ideally that will help bring in potentially other free agents in the years to come, and hopefully their draft draft picks kind of get going. And, you know, obviously that PLD trade with the Kings, you hope those three guys kind of take a step forward in Winnipeg. Um, and that really kind of helps offset the the offense that Pierre-Luc Dubois had. But when you look at this team, you know, you still have Kyle Connor, who's for the, again, the quietest 40 goal season you'll ever see. Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, who's a potential Norris candidate, Connor Hellebuck, who's a potential Venzik um, candidate. Like they have good bones. It's just the depth that is going to come into question with Winnipeg. Um, but they're, they're showing a direction and that, that 
umbrella of, okay, are they going to trade another Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies, uh, or are they going to trade Shifley? Like, what are they going to do? Those questions are no longer there. You know, we maybe not look at Winnipeg as one of the top teams, but we know the direction they're going. And I think for, you know, Jets fans and for the players, that's got to be, you know, a, a positive thing. Yeah. I, I I think that that signing those two guys that we thought had a major issue with the front office and Winnipeg in general is, is a, is a good sign. That's a huge, it's a great sign. Uh, we, we know that Connor Hellebuck's locked in. He's, he got his money and he is well-deserved. Uh, Mark Shifley, same thing. I know that, I know that even I have some question marks regarding the leadership of Mark Shifley, but clearly Winnipeg doesn't. And maybe we don't know things that, that we don't know what's, what it's like inside that locker room. Um, because clearly if, if, if you sign long-term, there's something there. Um, I like the additions that they brought in. Um, this is going to be a team that I think it, you know, is kind of in that muddy, mushy middle again. And it's going to be tough because I think that, the, um, a couple of the teams above them are going to be even better. Um, uh, and, and I think the Pacific's even better. So that, that, that pushes your, that, that pushes your, your potential for points down a little bit. And I think Vegas agrees. Uh, so Vegas has Winnipeg. Oh, they opening them up at 91 and a half points, Alex, they opened at 88 and a half and they well overachieved at 95 made the playoffs. And I think we were kind of surprised, um, how they did down the stretch. How do you think about the 91 and a half for this team? This is basically the playoff line. It kind of, yeah. So I'm going to. Crazily enough, I'm going to go over, but they missed the playoffs. So they're they're 92. They're like 92, 93. I agree. I think we talked about it, um, you know, or whenever we did the Pacific, like I think potentially there's five teams coming out of the Pacific. And I think there's maybe only three coming out of the central. So I think Winnipeg is going to be that team and kind of with Nashville just on the edge there. Yeah. Um, Tyler, how do you feel about the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets? I'm actually going to go under. They feel like an every other year kind of team where they just kind of like one year they're good, one year they're kind of not so good. I think this is going to be a, a not so good year for Winnipeg under. James, are you going to go over and kind of start to round out your your liking of the Central Division or not really? I, I am going to go over. I like stability in this. What they just did screams stability. Yeah, I uh, but... I, I agree. I, I do like the stability. I'm still going to take the under. I think that there's just too much competition in the Pacific and I, that might take them away. I don't think they're going to be horrible, but um, I, I, I think they're going to be right around 90, 91 points there. Um, you know, but, but good luck to the, to the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Moving on to Minnesota, finished third in the division, 46, 25 and 11 for 103 points, made the playoffs. Um, I believe they got, they got a first round exit to the Dallas stars. If I'm not mistaken, I have to, you might have to double check me on that. Um, but that's who I think they, they ended up uh, losing to, um, Minnesota incomes, one guy, Pat Maroon, Stanley cup champion dog. That's it. <laughs> Out goes Gustav Nyquist, Sam Steele, Ryan Reeves, Oscar Sundquist, M- Mason Shaw, Matt Dunbuck, John Klingberg. Wow. They lost a lot and they gained absolutely nobody. Uh, they're, they kind of stumbled into the postseason la- uh, you know, last spring, um, Beat was beat by Dallas in the first round. Their off season was a little bit to be desired, <laughs> to say the, say the least, Alex. Um, but this is a team that always seems to fucking compete, even though if, even if they're not winning, they always are competing in the regular season. So, I, with the amount of people that they lost, you know that you lost your 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 Matt Dumbo, who's been there forever, John Klingberg. Uh, you lost Sam Steele. You lost Gustav Nyquist. 
you lost a lot of guys and you bring in one veteran who's a fourth liner now. What's Minnesota doing? Yeah, I think Minnesota is trying to get younger. Um, a lot of those guys you just said uh, have three as the first number in their uh, in their age, which from someone who also has that first number, like I get it, you're old. Uh, <laughs> but they also, to be fair, also re-signed Philip Gustafson and pairing him with Marc-Andre Fleury, that's a pretty intense, pretty good duo um, in net. And look, Kaprizov is a superstar. We could see him take another step. Erickson, um, what's his name? Uh, Joel Erickson Eck or whatever the fuck you say his name. That guy's going to get uh, start coming. Brock Faber is like 17 years old. He seems to be a monster on the DN. So yeah, they didn't do a whole bunch, but I think they're just, they're going to kind of hope for their young guys to, to take a step forward. And I think they're potentially kind of looking at, at their division and thinking, okay, maybe we're not better than the two teams that finished above us but we're still better than the five teams we've already discussed. And they're, you know, maybe they're just, yeah, it, it doesn't feel great. It's not like, Ooh, okay. Minnesota is, you know, minus 100 or whatever to win the cup. Like they're probably plus 1500 or whatever, but um, I still think this is a good team. And yeah, you're right. They're just, they're going to score a hundred to 105 points to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. And it'll be fine. That's just what they do what they do. Um, they have solid enough goaltending. Um, they have a team, they have largely the same core that they did before. And, you know, and, and that's led by Kirill Kaprizov who's, you know, it's Kirill Kaprizov. He's, he's a superstar. He's great. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline, Alex. Like, I think that that's going to be the moment where we're going to see what Minnesota is going to do. And maybe that's what, um, uh, the GM there is, is, uh, you know, waiting for, but, but I, I, I was not really impressed with the, uh, with what Bill Guerin did. Um, and he doesn't have very much, you know, leverage here, but here we go. We're going to, we'll see how he does down the stretch. Alex Vegas agrees with you. Uh, Vegas sees the over under at 95 and a half. That is literally what the playoff line is. So if you have 96, you're in, if you have 95, you're probably not, or you're very like you're, you're flirting with danger. They, they opened at 99 and a half and well went over at, well, not well went over, but they went on over at 103. So they, you know, you made some money there. What's your thoughts on 95 and a half? Yeah, over. Like I mentioned, they're going to score somewhere between 100 and 105 and make the playoffs and lose in the first round. James, what about you, bud? I don't know. I'm going to go under on this one. Uh, losing a lot of leadership and that veteran and 30 plus year olds is actually going to hurt them towards the end there. Uh, so you take the under Tyler. I'm going to go over for the wild as well. They just always seem like a team like that's going to do well. Yeah, they, they always seem to do that. But I, I, for some reason, I just don't, I, I, I'm, I'm worried here. And I'm going to take the, the under with James there. Um, I'm worried about this team. Uh, when, when you have Colorado, who's a motivated Colorado, like get the fuck out of the way. And a Dallas team that is by far a better team, that, that, that is a worry for me. Um, and again, we talk about the Pacific getting better and that's always a worry. Uh, moving on to the Dallas stars, James, you love your Dallas stars, 47, 21 and 1408 points. They were out in the, uh, I'm sorry. They were out in the Western conference final, uh, to the Vegas golden Knights. Uh, very sad. They, they had a great, they had a great run. Um, but you know, they just, they just fell up short. In comes Matt DeShane, Craig Smith, Sam Steele, and Gavin Bouthier, Bouthier. Out is Max Domi, Luke Glenn Denning, and Colin Miller. 
James, I have said this on this podcast multiple, multiple times. The Dallas Stars have a superstar at forward, at defense, and in goal and in net. They are built for the long haul. They are built incredibly. They're deep. They are a strong team. And then they bring in Matt Duchesne, who's going to be a motivated guy. He just got bought out, and now he it's this is a guy who's shown that he can go, score goals. How scared are you, or if you're a Dallas fan, how happy are you going into this season where do you think that they could actually win this division? I am happy because, yes, I am a Dallas fan ever since that COVID year. Uh, this, like you just said, this team is scary good. They, they're they only going to get better because their stars are young stars. Like Robertson's like, what, 23, 24 years old? This guy's insane. He had two great years in a row, and he's only going to get better. Adding Matt Duchesne in the mix is only going to make him better. Pavelski is 30 plus, but he's not really slowing down. Jamie Ben had a resurgent year out of nowhere after being terrible for like three years in a row. This is what you're getting out this team. You're getting a group that is motivated. And yes, you use that with Colorado as well. But this team is more offensively driven than Colorado is, in my opinion. And I get they got Kale McCarthy, they got McKinnon on the other side there. But this team is still so good and they have so much more room to grow that it's scary that if they hit that potential, they will win this division. I like this team a lot. And so does Vegas, but not as much as they did last season. But they do actually, so so Vegas is opening up the line at uh, 104 and a half. And now before we get there, I I, I think Dallas is going to be a, 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 a formidable threat. Bringing in Matt Duchesne is scary. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they actually even have some uh, some cap space. They have a little bit of cap space to work with, very little, but you know, little goes a long way in this league. Uh, this team is going to be pushing for the for the uh, for a, uh, a divisional spot, so uh, t- tops of the division, so that they can play a, a much weaker opponent. Uh, James, 104 and a half. So they opened up 92 and a half last season. They finished 108, blew it out of the water. 104 and a half is a step back, but again, you're, t- you're talking about, you know, a lot of myriad of team teams coming up, blah, blah, blah. 104 and a half taking the over means you think that they're probably going to win the division where you think about Dallas. Oh, over, 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 over. Oh, so like, okay. Give me, give me how many points? 111. One. Wow. That's, that is a game and a half. That's a game and a tie more than last season. That's, that's impressive. Uh, what about you, Tyler? I agree. I think they're going to be over. I think this, this Dallas team is going to be very, very good. Put it this way, guys. 111 is the best, Is was tied with the Vegas Golden Knights as the best team in the West. Uh, so uh, I love it. Uh, Alex, how are you feeling about 105 and a half? 104 yeah. and a half. Uh, it doesn't matter. I was going to take the over either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the over too. I, they're, they're a scary team. Uh, and, you know, they they are built for the long haul. And I And I just... Appreciate the hell out of that. Uh, moving on to the last team, the uh, the the team that just could not go back to back. The Colorado Avalanche finished 51, 24, and 7 for 109 points. They lost to Seattle in round one. That was kind of shocking, but uh, you got to think that some of it had to do with the lack, uh, the, the depth wasn't the same. Um, they were a little bit tired and, it, you know, things just don't, you know, it, it's hard to win two in a row, guys. It really is. In comes Jonathan Drouin, uh, Ryan Johansson, Miles Wood, and Ross Colton. Out is JT Comfort, Lars Eller, Evan Rodriguez, Alex Newhook, Matt Nieto, Eric Johnson, and Jonas Johansson. This Tyler, Colorado, you wanted to talk about Colorado. Uh, they are without their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. That We saw that this team 
that mattered to this team. It really did. He is a he is a backbone of this team. Whether it's whether it's on the ice or in the ball locker room, there's some issues there. But they do have Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. For me, if you have Kale McCarr and, and Nathan McKinnon, you're probably one of the best teams in the league. How are you feeling about the the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, and how worried should we be that they got ousted in the first round after trying to go back to back? Yeah, it's uh with the whole Landeskog thing. I think last year, obviously, there was a it was very up in the air. They weren't really sure if they were going to get him back. Um, he ended up not coming back. I think that was kind of it was a it was a weird uncertainty for them. Um, I think knowing this year that they're going to be without him as a, as big of a blow that is, they know they're 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 going to be without him. So I I think that actually I think mentally is going to help this club. Um, and but you're right. I think this team has elite talent, some of the best talent in the league, but I still think their depth isn't quite there, not quite what it was when they won the couple couple years ago. I think that's going to be an issue for them really kind of more in the, more in, when we get to the playoffs. But this is a lock for a playoff team. This is still a very, very good club, a team that's going to win a lot of hockey games. And they're, I think I think really it's 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 them and Dallas are going to be, you know, one, one, two in that division. I think it's going to be a race down to the final week of the year for, for kind of who locks up that number one seed. Um, there's still a lot to like with this Colorado um, team. And I think, like I said, I think not, not, not having Atlanta Scott is a blow, but they know for sure what the plan is. They're not going to have them. Um, I think that, you know, they might add a few pieces at, at, at the deadline. There's still a good window for this team to win another cup if they keep building towards it. So um, I like this team a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you can never count the Colorado Avalanche out at all. Um, I think that they have the depth there, but maybe it's not as deep as they as they were back in 2022. Um, to your point, so um, at, you know, but Vegas Vegas thinks they're going to take the division again. 106, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 106 and a half. They opened at 111 and a half last season. And they finished with 109. Tyler, are you taking the over or under here? I'm actually going to go under, but just barely. Um, I still like Dallas winning the division. So I got, I got to put them over, but I think they'll be right, but kind of that 104 to 105. So um, that's kind of where I'm Colorado. Yeah. Alex, you've been very much over this whole division, except two. Are you going to balance it out at all? Or are you thinking ah. they're going to go be strong? Positivity over. <laughs> over. Wow. You love this division. I love it. I don't James. fucking know, man. James, you. <laughs> So if, if you go over here, you're going to make it even. Otherwise, you hate the division. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm going gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to go under like barely like Tyler just did. Like very minuscule amount. That's how much under I'm going to go. All right. Love that. So um, that wraps up the divisional previews. Um, thank you guys very much. But last thing, going around the horn, who's making the Stanley Cup final? East, West, James, we got. I No one was prepared for this, I know. Uh, I knew this was coming. I'm ready. I, no, I okay. Maple Leafs, okay. <laughs> despite you, and then Oilers, also despite you. Okay, uh, Tyler. Yeah, fuck you, James. I was going to go with that exact same matchup. I think that'd be a really fun Cup final. Would be a Cup fun. Alex, well, I'm not doing either of those teams. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars. I like that. I like half of everybody's answers. So I'm going to take the Edmonton Oilers because they're my team. That's what I expect. And I am going to take Carolina. I think Carolina is the team to beat this season in the East. Um, and that is all I have for hockey previews. Um, I'm going to be taking a couple weeks to make sure Alex gets through his basketball. So I'm going to be hosting a couple weeks, make sure he gets through that. And then we're going to talk about some, uh, some holy puck moments and stuff. Tyler, I might even steal your, uh, your, you know, you did series of the weeks. So I might do games of the week and that maybe I'll do something fun there. So I uh, hope everybody will uh, tune in for that. 
I, uh, I hope Trayton's correct that Carolina is the team to beat in the East, and I really hope they get the cup sooner rather than later. So I get more points and pull an Alex. That's <laughs> the goal. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Alex has another division to preview. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your little break and listened to some music. Alex is going to talk Northwest Division. It's all you, man. Yes. Thank you, James. We are officially into the Western Conference in the NBA, and we are starting in the Northwest, James. And I'm throwing it right back to you with the Portland Trailblazers and your guy, Damian Lillard. So they finished 33 and 49 last year. They missed the playoffs. They lost Damian Lillard obviously got traded to the Bucks, even though James told us he was getting traded to the Heat, and that's why I'm no longer on Team James. Yersef Nurkic and Cam Reddish are also out. They gained DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, Scoot Henderson with the number three overall pick, and I feel like one of James's favorite all-time players in Robert Williams. So, James, where do the Blazers go from here? It is no longer Dame Dalla time in the Pacific Northwest. They, for the last 10 years or whatever, you know, Dame's been the face of that franchise. He's now gone. What's going on in Portland? Well, I mean, if you just take it at face value and you're like, oh my God, Dame's gone. So this Portland Trailblazers is going to be terrible. You're like, okay, cool. Like that is what it is. But if you actually take a closer look at the lineup, that the stuff they got back, they're not terrible. They have depth now, like some serious depth. And Scoot Henderson is going to be this franchise piece, but he's not ready to start yet. He's young, right? Uh, he'll be coming off the bench to begin. But when he becomes that corner piece, they're going to start building around him. And I, I don't think you'll see Malcolm Brogdon still here at the end of the by the end of the season. I think he's going to be gone. There's going to be some trade pieces. This team is not going to make playoffs, but they will be watchable. Chauncey Bluffs will be fired during the season. Like that's going to happen. Like he's not a good coach. He was not able to lead this team to the playoffs at all, even though he's brought in there to do that. That's not happening. But this team on paper, looking at their starting lineup and looking at their bench pieces, they're a decent team that will score points and defend well. Like I, Robert Williams is great defensively. DeAndre Aiden, Hayden Phoenix, but now he's here and he's talking all positive things like Alex just did. Like he's a positive guy now instead of being this pessimistic dude in Phoenix who didn't talk to his coach. I think you're going to see greater play out of Aiden this season because he's in, in Portland rather than Phoenix. And on top of that, you have Jeremy Grant, who is just going to be the main scorer now. He's going to be the guy with Malcolm Brogdon being the passer. This team doesn't look terrible. Like everybody's saying they're going to have less than 20 wins. And I think they're going to have like 33, honestly. Yeah, James, I agree. They did a fantastic job with the Damian Lillard trade. Obviously, you got traded to the Bucks, And then they kind of immediately flipped Drew Holiday, who was part of that trade, which I don't, I kind of think was a bad idea on the Bucks, but maybe we'll talk about that into the season um, to the Celtics where they got a lot of those, a lot of those guys that I mentioned. Um, but yeah, I actually, I agree with you. Everyone was kind of looking at this team all offseason going, okay, Dame's going to leave and they're going to be a potential number one overall pick lottery team. I don't think they're going to be that bad. They're not going to make the playoffs, no, but everything is looking a lot more positive. The future is looking more bright. And I agree with you, James. I think DeAndre Ayton should thrive, not in Phoenix. He It was just not working there. I don't know whether it was the overall pressure being the number one overall pick and kind of being that first guy to restart that franchise. And then he really wasn't in the playoffs. And, you know, obviously Monty Williams isn't there anymore, but they did not get along. It's a whole fucking thing. But either way, DeAndre Ayton, I think, should kind of thrive up there in Portland. Um, 
And just like traded and like we've done for all of these, the over-unders. To be fair, this one was before Dame got traded, but I'm going to leave it because honestly, I was too lazy to go find another number. Uh, so if you guys all, this may be a hard under for everybody, but Trailblazers over-under at 37 and a half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I feel like we all could use a freebie. Yeah. I, I mean, so I'm going to assume you're taking the under. Yeah, I said 33, so under. Yeah. Uh, Ty. Yeah, under. All right, trade in. Way under. Okay. I'm also going to take the under, but I don't, I think they could be around the 30 mark. I don't think they're like into the 20s or the teens or anything. I do not think they are that bad. Um, moving on to the Utah Jazz. Weird season last year. Started like 14 and two, and then uh, it did not go well. At the end there, they went 37 and 45. Obviously, they missed the playoffs. Um, they lost, lost Rudy Gay, Damian Jones, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. They gained John Collins, uh, Keontae George, number 16 overall pick, Taylor Hendricks, number nine, and Bryce Sensabaugh, number 28. Also, I've only decided to announce the first round picks because second round picks rarely kind of turn into something big in the NBA. And also, it's just too many, too many names. Uh, but... Ty Ty, you wanted to talk about the Utah Jazz. So like I mentioned, they started off the, the year really well. And everyone's kind of like, what is happening? You're supposed to be tanking. They fell pretty hard there at the end. You know, what what do you see in this team? Are you just assuming, you know, that they're another kind of bottom tier team? Or are you kind of looking for them to sort of start making that turn um, to, you know, being a competitive team again? Yeah, I feel like they're more on the side of kind of making that turn. I definitely don't think that they're, you know, legit contenders yet, but they have they're on a good track. I think the GM has done a really good job of, you know, kind of trading away those those stars and getting a lot of picks in return. You know, we obviously picks got still, they still got to work out and they, and 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 they still got to make their mark. So there's still a lot of open-ended questions with how well their prospects are 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 going to do. Um but they did pretty well last year in their in, in their, their first you know kind of year of the rebuild and showed signs of kind of what they can be. I mean, um, you know they had their the most improved player in the in, in the NBA in a uh, marketing. Um, so there's a there's a lot of positive things going on with the Jazz, and I think that they're they're doing this rebuild so far very well. So I think that they're not too far away from kind of getting back into contention. I'm not expecting a whole lot of them from um, um, this season, um, but I do like where they're going. I think they're in a positive direction. Yeah, we like that. This is a positive podcast. Um, I mean, Laurie Markkinen was a really, really amazing last year. He made the all-star team, you know, was most improved player, uh, then went to go do his military service, should be good to go for the season. Um, it's just like a lot of teams that we talk about. Unfortunately, Utah is not a free agent destination. Uh, you know, why would you want to go there? Unfortunately, Utah, I'm really sorry. You're a beautiful state. But no one wants to go play in Salt Lake City. Um, you know, even Donovan Mitchell kind of mentioned that after being traded to Cleveland last year. Um, so they have to do it through picks and through the draft and trading well. And, you know, they have they've made a lot of moves in the last two to three years. And yeah, hopefully for Utah, it's kind of starting to go back that other direction. I'm not entirely sure it will be, and Vegas doesn't believe either. So, like I mentioned, they had 37 wins last year. They open at 35 and a half, Tyler. So you're going to take, you sounded positive, but are you 35 and a half positive? I'm not. I think they're going to be <laughs> just slightly under that mark. Okay. Trade in. What about you? Yeah, I'll take the under two here. Okay. James? I have them over at 36. Oh, okay. 
nope, I'm on team trading, so I'm taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are the rules. I, I don't make them up, even though I 100% make all the shit up. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Utah starts kind of going back in the right direction. Uh, Traden, coming to you with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Huge improvement last year. They went 40 and 42. Unfortunately, they lost in the play-in tournament. Um, they didn't really lose a whole bunch, just Jared Butler and Dario Sarkic. Uh, they gained Davis Bertans from Tyler's. Well, it was Washington Wizards like three teams ago, whatever. Uh, Victor Oladipo makes his return and Case and Wallace with the number 10 overall pick. We have been talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder and their roughly 12 million first round picks over the next six years or so. So trade in after their kind of huge leap. Do you see that get that trend continuing? Do you think this is a better team than it was last year? Or can you see them potentially flipping some of those picks for a superstar or to kind of gain traction in that Western Conference? I think it's going to depend, but I think that OKC is going to continue to play this, play the long game. Look, I I, I think that they they are, I mean, I, I think that they're argued as one of the best young core in, ba- in the basketball, in basketball right now. I mean, they they have... Uh, and, and, but I think the thing is, I think we have to pump the brakes. Success is not going to come easily. It's not going to come fast. And I think they need to pump the brakes. But I do think that this is a team that is going to make strides this season. Look, our favorite stick stick man, Chet Holmgren, is coming back. He's going to make an impact. I know, James, you don't like him, but he makes an impact. And regardless, he's going to make an impact on the defensive side. He's going to make an def- uh, impact on the offensive side. He had an amazing preseason. Uh, and and that that cannot be, uh, that, that cannot be um, uh, you know, not talked about. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander was fantastic. Um, he he was fantastic, uh, and he kind of held he kind of held this team together when when Chet went was out. Uh, and the and the most important thing I think that we need to realize is that without SGA in the in the lineup, they went seven and seven. Like they were able to, they were able to go at least five hundred without him in the lineup, which really makes you think makes you see that they this team has some depth there. It has a young core that's going to, that's going to, um, you know, make, make even bigger steps. Uh, they're not going to make a huge step. That's going to, there might be some growing pains, but you got, you, you know, you have, um, you know, got Josh Giddy who had an improved season. Um, you had Jalen Williams, who was runner up with rookie of the year. Um, you have, you have guys here that, that, um, you know, it's a young team. It's they're they're gonna they're gonna go through the growing pains of the inexperienced part. And they made the the play in tournament last season. That is a that is a step in the right direction. They're one win away from b- making the playoffs. Like you, go, I have to think that with the with the with the with our favorite uh, with our favorite player coming back, um, that they're going to be a better team than they were last season. And they're and the guys that were already there for that one season are going to be you know, that much better, that much more experienced. And they're going to be hungry for that, that chance for the playoffs. This is a team that we need to watch out for, for the long, for, for the long haul. This is the team that I don't think that they're quite as, you know, extravagant as the New Jersey devils, but they are the young team that everybody needs to look out for because they're going to be good for a long time. This is the, uh, the OKC. And this is just the start. Yeah. Trading. I think you nailed it. Um, the OKC thunder are probably like you mentioned, the team best set up for the next half decade to a decade. Again, not every pick and every first round pick is going to pan out. That's just the part of life in sports. It's just, it just doesn't happen. But SGA is a legitimate superstar in this league. Um, You know, should be an all-star every year for the next five years. Um, Chet is obviously a very polarizing figure and we're still not really sure what he will do over a full NBA season. 
if he can stay healthy and if he can perform up to his potential, that's a huge, huge, like number two option for the thunder. And you're right. You're right. Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy, the rest of that, those young thunder, um, thunder players can really, you know, make a, make a big stride. And if Victor Oladipo can stay even remotely healthy, which I don't really believe that he can at minimum, he can kind of be that veteran presence who has, you know, who's played some big games, been on some good teams and can help maybe lead the thunder kind of going forward. Um, I really like the thunder. It would not surprise me if they took that new Jersey's devils step and made, and made the playoffs as kind of a surprising, like six seed. It would not surprise me at one bit um, and trade in. So like I mentioned, they went 40 and 42 last year. So they are opened at 44 and a half, um, you know, 44 and a half puts you right at that play in six seed ish, depending on how well some other teams do. That's a really good line for the thunder. Um, so what do you think? And that's the, that's the, uh, I was, um, you know what, because you, you, you have, cause I picked them. I'm going to take the over. I don't know why just for fun. Okay. I like that. James, <laughs> you, you're going to go for fun. Or you're going to go for sadness. I'm going to go for sadness because I hate Chet Holmgren. He's not going to make it the full season. He's going to get injured again. Uh, have Thunder at 40. Okay. Ty, are you team fun or team sadness? I'll go team fun. Over. <laughs> All right. I'm also going to go over. I. It feels like 45. Like It feels like a game if they do it, but yeah. I'm, I'm liking the positivity. Oh, moving on to a team that we have not been very positive about for a very long time. The Alex Rodriguez owned Minnesota Timberwolves. They went 42 and 40 and lost in the first round. Uh, James, they lost Nathan Knights, Jalen Noel, Torian Prince, and Austin Rivers. They gained Troy Brown, Leonard Milliard, and Jalen Clark, who were second round picks because they didn't have any first round picks. So I had to talk about something. <laughs> oh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The roster, James, really did not get an upgrade. You know, we're looking at another year of the Towns Gobert, Anthony Edwards experience. What do you think about Minnesota coming into this year? I like them a lot more than I like last them last year. Okay. I think it's because A, Anthony Edwards just showed out in FIBA. Like mm-hmm. he just showed him how much he loves basketball and wants to be the guy. And the quotes that come out of there are fantastic. Like he is a Weird guy to say the least, but he's vocal and he's good at basketball and just loves playing. Like he's gonna do whatever it takes to be good at what he does. Uh, when it comes to the Twin Towers that we talked about here with Anthony Towns and Rigo Bear, that experiment didn't really pan out per se in the first season. But that's because Carl Anthony Towns missed sixty-two games. It's hard to judge them based off those what twenty-ish games they played together, and. Gobert had his worst year since his rookie year. Carl Anthony Towns missed 62 games. So what are we supposed to get from that experiment? You can't really decide much from that. I'm looking forward to another year where they get an entire offseason together when they're healthy and just grow together. And yes, Gobert is not an offensive guy at all, but he has helped this defense become a top 10 defense in the league. And that's what you need. You have scores on the other side. You got Anthony Edwards, you got Carl Anthony Towns. All you need is some defense, and that's what you got in the middle. I like this team. To, to me, this team pushes 40, 46, 47 wins. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for the positivity. As we all know, this is a positive podcast. So appreciate that. Yeah. Obviously, as good as Anthony Edwards is, I think this is still Cat's team for like another year, maybe. He's still kind of the face of that team. And him missing three fourths of the season is, is brutal. That's going to make it really hard to win. Um, 
And James, like you mentioned, really hard to kind of determine how well that kind of big three will kind of mesh together. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards is the guy who I kind of see as the face of the NBA once Steph and LeBron are gone. Anthony Edwards, he has the personality. We can, we've seen, you know, LeBron was the face of the NBA in the small market in Cleveland. I still think Ant could possibly do that in Minnesota, um, which would be, which would be really cool. Uh, so James, you had at like 46, 47 wins is that you said? Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Cause they opened at 44 and a half, the same number as the uh, thunder. So I'm going to assume then that you're taking the over. Yeah. Up, 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 up. Okay. <laughs> Ty. <laughs> yeah, I'll go over. All right. Trading. Over. Yeah. I'm going to take the under. I don't know why. I think they could potentially trade Carl Anthony Towns if things get off to a poor start and kind of do a little bit of a rebuild. So I'm going to take the under, not positive on, I'm positive on the Minnesota wild, not positive on the Timberwolves. So I'm very 50, <laughs> 50 on the state of Minnesota. Moving on Tyler to the Denver nuggets. They went 53 and 20 and won their first NBA championship. They lost a lot of depth. Bruce Brown, Thomas Bryant, Jeff Green, and Ish Smith, some of the best immaculate grid guys you could ever find. <laughs> they gained Julian Stewart with the number two, or num- I'm sorry, number 29 overall pick, and then some other second rounders that I didn't write down. Apologies. The Nuggets, because they have Jokic, are obviously still a title favorite. They still seem like one of the best teams in the West. But with you know, their cap restraints and some of their kind of lackluster off season, they're relying on some young guys uh, to really take a step forward. And Tyler, do you think their lack of depth may hurt the chances to repeat? I do think it'll hurt their chances to repeat. I think that's, it's one of the many reasons why it is so hard. I think, you know, with the cap and kind of restructuring, you're, you're going to lose some depth pieces. Um, and that's kind of where the nuggets are entering this season. But as you mentioned, you still got Jokic, you still got Murray. Those are, those are two of the best players in the league coming off a championship season. The vibes are very high in, in, in uh, Denver right now. Um, so I think that they're still going to be one of the best teams in the Western conference. I think a lot, I think a lot of teams in the Western conference also got better. So it's going to be very competitive once again. So I don't expect the Denver nuggets to be quite as dominant as they were last season, but I still think that they're title contenders. Um, they still got one, like I said, one of the best one, two punches in, in, in the league. Maybe they'll add at the trade deadline, depending on what they need. Um, but yeah, certainly not quite that the the juggernaut of a basketball team that we saw when, when, when the championship last season. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets went through the playoffs pretty easily. Um, you know, well, I think there was five games in the finals. They swept the Lakers. I don't even remember who they played in the second round because it doesn't even matter. They probably swept them. I think they lost one game to the Timberwolves um, and they were already up 3-0. So they probably like, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> yeah, the Nuggets were from pole to pole the best team in the NBA last year. Um, you know, we saw teams take, take big strides. We talked, saw te- other teams take step backs, but the nuggets were fantastic all year. Um, and I, they're, you know, Bruce Brown, everyone's talked about it all off season is a big missing piece for them. Um, he signed with the Pacers. One of the reasons why James was so high on the Pacers a couple weeks ago. Um, and we're going to have to see guys like Christian Braun really take a step forward. And there's kind of no reason why he couldn't do it. Christian Braun went from winning the 
NCAA championship to an NBA championship back to back years. So like guys, a winner, all he does is win. Um, and obviously this nuggets team is still looking very formidable and really good. And again, we've mentioned it 12 million times. And whenever anyone plays in Denver, they still have that altitude thing. So at least they got that on their side. Uh, so Tyler, they went 53 and 20 last year. Vegas has them at 53 and a half. So pretty much thinking they're going to get roughly the same record over or under. I'm going to go under just barely. Like I said, I think that the depth is going to cause them to lose a few more games, but um, they're, they're, they're still going to be at the very top of that conference. Trayden? I choose slight sadness. Slight <laughs> sadness. 52 wins for the Denver Nuggets. James, <laughs> slight sadness? Yeah, slight sadness at 52 as well. Yeah, I think, I think long, you know, long season, short off season, probably going to come out of the gate a little slow. I'm also taking the under. That's a very strange feeling for us all to take the under on the defending NBA champions who just had an incredible season. But hey, that's, that's the NBA for you. They're in the uh, moment where the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, very true. <laughs> that is that is very true. The Nuggets feel like a lock to make the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter for them. Um, James, that is all I got. We have two divisions left. Um, and yeah, the NBA season is starting in like two weeks. So uh, we'll get there. Everybody get your fantasy drafts ready. Thank you, Alex. So in that segment, we learned about positivity. In the first segment, we learned about being called Connor, being good at hockey. So in the third segment, I don't know what we'll learn about. But Tyler will take you after this break. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're going to talk about the divisional series for MLB playoffs. And by the time you listen to it, it'll be Thursday. So uh, we started this at a weird time. But, you know, you live, you love, you learn. And you also have some tiny sadness. Tyler, tell us about your tiny sadness. Yeah, a lot of tiny sadness. Really, really a lot of big sadness right now. But uh, could turn into a lot bigger. But we, obviously, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Um, we have one series that wrapped up. Um, and we're going to talk about that right off the bat. The Rangers swept the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and as Traden mentioned earlier with his fun fact in the intro, the first time that the Orioles have been swept since May of 2022, back when Alex got married. So it's been a while. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Um, obviously, the the Texas Rangers guys, you know, a, a lot of people didn't really have them going too deep in this postseason, myself included. But they have not lost a playoff game so far. They beat the top two teams in the American League in terms of record in the Rays and the Orioles. James, I'm going to throw this right back to you. Where do you see the Texas Rangers now with the teams remaining as you know favorites to win the World Series? I think Texas is definitely playing super hot right now. Do you like them to advance this no matter who they play? And like, where do you see them in terms of like your rankings of, of, of World Series favorites? Uh, out of the teams that are left, I think my, they're my least favorite of, of them all. Um, I really feel like Texas is getting lucky with the teams that they're playing having the worst time of their life. Like <laughs> the, the Orioles, man, like they were riding high all the regular season. Then how do you come into this game and not win a game, not even put up a fight? Like that is, that's tough. They're having terrible luck up against the freaking, the Rangers who were having the best luck. It's timely hitting and for some reason, nobody can hit against Texas right now in the playoffs. Will that continue? Probably not. But I mean, like Adley Rushman was a favorite to be one of the better guys in the series because he always is. He had one hit in the series. What is going on? That is not normal whatsoever. 
that's what you're getting. You're getting bad luck against Texas. And I don't, that luck is going to run thin eventually. And at that point, Texas is finally going to lose. All right. I think it's interesting today. I think this Texas Rangers team reminds me a lot of kind of the Phillies last year. I mean, a, a team that kind of just, you know, was the wild card team and just got hot at the right time. And that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why, but they're playing really good. Their pitching is in, in particular starting pitching and the bullpen, which was a huge major red flag going into this postseason has done a very good job. Um, and I think if they can continue to pitch as well as they have, this is going to be a hard team to beat because that offense is insanely good and they're hitting very well. I mean, uh, um, Garcia just murdered a baseball today and Corey Seager is being Corey Seager in, 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 in the playoffs. Oh, along with the, with the rest of that lineup, man, I, I like this Texas team. And if, if the Dodgers get knocked out in this round, which it's very likely that might happen, I think the Texas Rangers for me are the team I'm not only I'm rooting for, but the team that I think that can definitely win it. Um, so let's move on to the next, the other American League um, division series, the Twins and the Astros. Uh, they've flip-flopped games so far. Uh, Houston won game one. The, 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 the Twins responded and uh, took the second game, but they lost uh, to, uh, game three at home against um, the Astros. I believe the title score is 11-2 to two or 9-1. to one. Some, some, some not great. Uh, for for Minnesota there, um, so this series is on the edge. You know, Minnesota has one more home game to to, to try and try and even it up. Trade. How do you see this series playing out? I think you know it's going to be a lot closer. I, I think the Twins are playing a lot better than what a lot of people expected. I think they still have a good shot here, but you know, can the Twins pull the offset? Uh, pull the upset, or do you see the Astros advancing to their seventh straight ALCS? Yeah, you've you you have the Twins did what they. What, what they shouldn't have done <laughs> and that and that's give life to the the Houston Astros um you never ever 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 want to do that uh because they will make you pay and they have um I I I you know at the end of the day I I really do um you know tip my tip my hat to uh to the to the Minnesota Twins I think that they really they they, they really made us think that they could you know they can make a nice push and uh, and push these Astros to the brink but today was a different beast. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, and the, the problem is, is that you lost at home. You lost, you lost at home. Like you, you, you did split, you did split your home and you had home, home, home field, and then you just lost it. And that's, and that's the problem. Um, uh, and, and, and Houston, Houston now has two chances to close out. They're going to go back to Houston, um, in game five. If, if there is one, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> We're gonna see another Astros uh, um, NLCS. Uh, I'm sorry, ALCS. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, it's just it, it's it's hard to really picture it happening. But you know, crazier things have happened. Um, Alex, kind of what what's your take on the way the American League is shaping up so far? Yeah, uh, with Texas and Baltimore, um, yeah, James kind of nailed it. They just Baltimore's didn't hit, and Texas's starting pitching was incredible, and the Rangers matched like they were supposed to. The whole worry was the bullpen, and their bullpen, uh, you know, it helps when you're up eleven to one yeah. every fucking game. Like your bullpen can give up six runs, and it doesn't matter. So, um, I still like I think the two teams in the NL East and the Astros before the Rangers, but. I like your point, Tyler, about the Rangers being the Phillies and just kind of like riding high. None of us picked them to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year, and they're just mashing the ball and like good for them. Um, and I think Trade nailed it with the Astros and the Twins. You split 
after losing game one, you Pablo Lopez comes into game two and just absolutely shoves. And then you come home and you have Sonny Gray going and like, you know, that place was rocking, just so pumped. And then you lay a goose egg. Um, that's tough. I mean, I don't know how you win two more against these Astros. Um, and yeah, it's the Astros. Like, of course they're going to the ALCS. Of course you might as well just like put it, put it in Sharpie when the season begins that they have the Astros are going to make the ALCS. It's just, it just seems like it's what's going to happen. Uh, let's move on to the national league. Uh, probably the most exciting series by far in this is round the, the, the Phillies and the Braves, uh, both, both games so far have been very fun to watch. The ending of game two last night was insane. Uh, probably one of the best postseason games that we might see all postseason. Um, but it, but what, um, James, do you feel like the winner of this series is the favorite to, to, to take it all? Yeah, I do. And it's, it, whether it be the offense of the Braves or whether it be this, the feel good story and the underdogness and the fact that they always ride high Phillies, like these are two great teams to root for. And especially because the Dodgers who are another favorite have been looking trash recently. Like who else are you going to root for? I'm not rooting for Texas. I'm not rooting for the Astros. Like, so I'm going to root for either the Braves or the Phillies who are both very likable teams. Like it's hard not to like either of these teams. So it's hard to see one of them lose. I think that the Phillies made a mistake by letting, uh, letting the Braves offense get hot again. I mean, they were, they were terrible in game one. And then that one error by Trey Turner sparked this entire 180 turn around of this offense of the Braves. And it's, it's going to be hard to stop, man. You should have, you should have kept them down when they were down, but letting them back in that, that little crack in the dam is eventually going to become this massive waterfall and you can't stop the Braves offense. But on the Philly side, they got that feel good story, man. You got Bryce Harper, you got Trey Turner, you got everybody working in conjunction and being good. And it's hard to root against either of them but I still think that the Braves are going to win. And I still think they're my favorite. Yeah. I, I like that take. I think, you know, I, I mentioned in my, in my previews that, you know, it's pretty much impossible to shut down the Braves offense, but you can at least try and slow them down. But for a while though, the, the Phillies were shutting down that Braves offense. I think they were no hit through five innings in, in game two. Um, but then, as you mentioned, the, they, they kind of let the floodgates open a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if the Braves can take that into the rest of the series, especially going into Philadelphia, one of the mo- most raucous, most fun uh, atmospheres, I think, that uh, postseason baseball has to offer. Um, this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to go five. I, I, I think I originally said it was going to go four, but... Philly, man, I love the fire they bring. They're just a fun team to watch. They're 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 electric, and and so are the Braves. And I agree. I think whoever comes out of the series most likely is going to be the favorite to win the World Series. Um, let's move on to the other series that I, I have to talk about because we just it, it's what's <laughs> just it's going on. The D-backs are up 2-0 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers have looked dog shit. Um, as I mentioned, it's just kind of a fact of nature that when it comes to October baseball, the Dodgers just for some reason cannot seem to get the job done in, in one way or another. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, love that guy, but, you know, worst start of his career, um, just did not get the right, did not set the tone the way that he was supposed to. Um, and Bobby Miller, the rookie, you know, could barely get through in inning and a half um, in, in game two. So the bullpen is taxed. But more importantly, this offense of the Dodgers is just a no-show, um, which was a problem last year. Um, for me, the top two and you know, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, I think combined are one for 13, no extra base hits. That's not going to get the job done. 
Um, but Alex, I'm gonna throw it to you, my fellow Dodger fan. Um, you know, like what the fuck is going on? And what do you have any hope that they can reverse sweep this motherfucker? Um, I'm gonna have like a little hope, but I've I've also just, you know, it's the Dodgers in October. I prepare myself for failure. In like 2014, little 21-year-old Alex, all positivity with the Dodgers. It's, 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 it's not tiny sadness. Actually, it is tiny sadness because like either way, I don't think they were going to get past the Phillies or the Braves, whoever they played in the NLCS. So like, I think it helps coming into it knowing they weren't going to win. Um, yeah, the Kershaw thing was a real bummer. Uh, I'd spent like 12 hours in the car that day and I'd barely gotten home in time and I'd sat down and had a beer and then the play to Outman <laughs> happened. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Kershaw's not getting a single swing and miss. They're just tattooing every ball. And, uh, I went, Gabriel Moreno hit the home ride, just turned it off. I was like, Nope, this isn't it. Like I'm, I'm going to bed. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like, I think Kershaw didn't set the tone. Um, and there's just been, there's so much pressure on Mookie and Freddie to get a hit every single time. And they're just not doing it. There was the problem in the Padre series last year. Trey Turner had a big error in that series that switched everything around. That's kind of his MO in the playoffs. Now it's a little scary, but, uh, Yeah, they can't hit. And honestly, like the D-backs, they just look like they're having more fun and like more passion and they want it more. And the Dodgers just look like a team that's going about their business, which may work in the regular season. But like you need some fire in the playoffs. You need something. And it is just not there. So um, I don't know, 5% chance they do it. Like I think if Mookie starts off the game tomorrow with a double in the gap, and then Freddie hits like if they do like back-to-back doubles and get the lead early, I think they have a chance. Like they can really switch the momentum. But if the D-back score first, I think it's over. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm still holding on to a minuscule, you know, amount of hope that 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 that, that they can make this happen. Um, but man, it's just frustrating. And I think you know, I, I it for whatever reason, I think just the mindset. I think you, it it, it it's got to be a mindset thing. I mean, I it just it's just it's mind blowing how they just go to October and it just seems like they play so flat, you know, and what, you know, I think last year I mentioned, I think they just, they're just too comfortable. Like they didn't, their, their whole, their whole regular season, they just cruise by and it's hard to turn that switch, especially after the bye week, um, you know, which they basically have, which in baseball, just doesn't really exist. Um, and I, I think you see a lot of these top teams struggle with that, you know, with having these, those five consecutive days off, it just, it's not, not a thing that happens. Um, and during the whole season, so to, so to kind of get back into it in a playoff atmosphere is really difficult. And I think that's a, that's a conversation we can have kind of maybe in the off season is if that first round buy really is an advantage for those top seeds, because there's a good argument that it's not. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how this wraps up. Um, I had another thought, but I don't know where it went, but trade in, you were at the game and game two last night. Could you feel the collective anxiety of Dodger nation while you were there? Oh boys. It was, it was, it was tough. Um, (laughs) obviously, obviously I was not going for the Dodgers, but I was not an asshole. So I don't want to, you know, I, I, I kept my, I kept my little golf claps when, when things went the way that, you know, I wanted them to, but, um, I, 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 I did. I was one of the only ones that wasn't standing up to I, every pitch. Everybody was standing up. Like it seemed like every full count, everybody was standing up. Like that was a really cool atmosphere. I just want to say that. Um, but you just felt tension and you just felt like they knew it. 
like this, the fans just kind of knew it. And the the problem is, and and you you know you 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 mentioned that there's a lot of pressure on on Mookie and especially Freddie, and you could see it. Like Freddie did not seem on. Like you could just tell. Like it just not what we expect from Freddie. And it was the eighth inning, and they were what five, six bat, maybe seven batters away from Freddie. And they're like, if we could just get to Freddie, we have a chance to come back. I'm like, you guys, you're not even gonna get there. Like I'm sorry. Like everyone behind them ha- was doing nothing. Like uh, Muncie was not doing nothing. Like nobody was doing anything. <laughs> like it just seems like it just seemed like the 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 offense was horrible. Like you had got, you had plenty of players in, in in scoring position and just could not do it. And and you know what you know what Tyler I, I I think this is I think the problem is is very similar to what we saw in the first round last. And I I know I bring up hockey all the time, but I'm bringing up a situation last year where the Boston Bruins lost to the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers are a team that like, we just want to fucking have fun. And just like Alex said, we just want to have fun and fucking win. And the Dodgers are the Boston Bruins that have all this pressure on them. It's the Dodgers. It's, it's, it's October. The, they're, they're gripping the bats a little too tightly, or there's some kind of mental issue where they're like, we, we, we're all, it's only going to be fun if, 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 if we're hitting and if, if things go in our way and, 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 and they just can't play and I think that that's just what they're facing. And, 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 you know, the pitching wasn't horrible. I mean, it wasn't great in the, in the beginning, but the, but the, but the bullpen held up. I mean, the problem is, is it was the game was over in, in inning one, just like last game. <laughs> so it didn't matter that you guys made it interesting, you know? Um, I, I, I just felt for the, I just felt for the fans. They were, there was just a, a, a balloon that just was a slow, 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 uh, uh, uh you know, deflation and it just got all limpy and sad and yeah, tiny, yeah, <laughs> very tiny, sad. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been in those atmospheres. I think, you know, the Dodgers have made the postseason 11 consecutive years and they've won one, one world series. And the one time they did win it, none of the fans were there in person to really see it. <laughs> so I think that those atmosphere that I, I totally know what you're talking about. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's very frustrating as Dodger fans. And the other thought that just came back to me was it's pretty crazy how, you know, these last two seasons, the Dodgers, you know, in the, they, they, they played a NL West opponent in the division series after dominating them all season long, you know, and, and it kind of seems like the, the assumption is that they're just going to, they're just going to win. Um, I think I'm starting to catch, I think the NL West is doing it on purpose. I think they're letting us win hundred plus games and, and, and winning the division by 15 plus games. And then just, raping us when it comes to the fucking postseason. I think that's what's happening. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching on and the pod, I don't know who, whoever's going to do it. The Padres giants, I don't care, you know, cause the one time the Dodgers did beat a division opponent recently was the giants. And that's because the, that's the one time the Dodgers did not win the division and it was by a single game. So they had to fight for their lives. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern here, the NL West. And I don't like what's going on and the Dodgers and the Dodgers need to figure it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Dodger Stadium and I'm gonna tell them what, what's going on because this is bullshit. Lose in the regular season. Yeah, games. lose more games in the regular season and make it interesting because you can't just keep cruising and then just turn 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 on a switch, especially if you're gonna get a first round bye and you're gonna be sitting on your ass for a whole week. I know how they should fix it, and I know that James is gonna back me up on this. Every single Dodgers player should take one to three shots of whiskey right before the game starts. Yeah. No, I mean at Loose this point, up. at this point. Fuck it. They got to do, they got to try something different. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got for baseball. Obviously, by the time, but by, by the time that you're listening to this, you know, either the Dodgers are 
maybe they're they're staying alive, maybe they're not. You know, we might have a full you know championship series uh, of the set. Maybe it's not. Hope you guys are enjoying it either way, whether you're Dodgers fans says they or not. Yeah, something. Yeah, falsely. something. <laughs> October <laughs> baseball is fun. It's 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 you know either way it's 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 a love hate thing for me. But uh, Dodgers, please don't let me down again, please. Wow. Jane, that's all I got. Oh, wow, a tiny wow. sadness. That was, that was that's a big, big sadness. Sad. Yeah, that's, that's not a tiny. That's a big sad. Big sadness energy to end the podcast there after a, a pretty pretty positive podcast. Way to go, Tyler, to bring down the mood. That's the Dodgers for you. Um, okay well everybody I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode even though there's tiny sadness at the end Um, hope you have a great week because we're going to have a great week hopefully (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Um, but we'll catch you next week thanks for listening